0: Let's turn our Bibles this morning to the book of Exodus. We'll be in Exodus chapter number 15, Exodus chapter number uh, 15. And uh, we are rejoicing in already what God's done this morning. And I look forward to uh, the time of the message now and then uh, the service later this evening. I'm going to read the first two verses of Exodus chapter number 15. And I'll ask that you keep your Bible open Uh, there. We'll refer to a couple of things in chapter 14 And then actually a couple more verses uh, in chapter 15, but let's keep our Bibles open. Exodus chapter number 15, and we'll look at verses 1 and 2. Uh, Follow along with me as I read, beginning in verse number 1. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him in habitation, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. Uh, Two wonderful verses here, and I believe there's some things that we're going to be reminded of this morning that we as Christians need to be reminded of. But I want us to look at our text uh, this morning in verse number one. uh, But right in the middle of the verse, that, that sentence, I will sing unto the Lord. for he hath triumphed gloriously. Then I'll take that first part of that sentence, I will sing unto the Lord. And uh, that is uh, the title of my message this morning, and I will sing unto the Lord. It reminds me, uh, we were just on our vacation, and uh, I get to sit with my family in church uh, when we're on vacation. And it happened again this time uh, as it always does, uh, the song director where we attend the different services said, so get out your song book and sing, and I begin to sing unto the Lord uh, without much appreciation from my family uh, who is on the same pew with me. And they try and squash my praise to God by telling me not to sing as loud, but uh, you'll get the context of the message this morning. I will sing unto the Lord. Let's ask the uh, Holy Spirit to help us. Father, we pray this morning that uh, you'll meet with us in the time that we have. Uh, It's already been a joy to sing the songs that we have sung, uh, to fellowship this morning. Uh, Such a wonderful spirit in this place. Father, I pray that we'll be reminded uh, of some great truths uh, from the message this morning. May it change our perspective on some things. And Father, I pray that you'll just bless our time with the Holy Spirit of God, uh, work in hearts this morning, work in lives. If there's someone here unsaved, I pray they get their salvation settled today. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, The chapter we get into, verses 1 and 2 in our text, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. Uh, You cannot fully get the uh, context and the importance of these two verses without referring back to chapter number 14. Uh, In chapter number 14, we find the children of Israel have been delivered from Egypt uh, after God had done sent all the plagues. At the different times, He had hardened the heart of Pharaoh. Uh, He had finally uh, delivered His people, and Pharaoh had said, Go, Uh, after the death angel came and took the life of the firstborn of every house, That did not have the blood applied to the lintel of the doorpost, and so we find them having left Egypt, and now uh, they are come upon the Red Sea. Uh, Pharaoh once again had changed his mind and began to pursue the children of Israel. He and the armies are pursuing them. So behind them is, is the armies of Pharaoh. In front of them is the Red Sea, this great body of water. And they are, they are there, and God delivers them. You can read in chapter number 14 how God told, Pharaoh, uh, God told Moses uh, to hold the rod out over the sea, and God parted the Red Sea. God in his power, God in his magnificence. Push back the waters of that great body. Uh, Think about that. Think about the power of God to uh, part that Red Sea. Enough power to push back the waters, and then allow the children of Israel to walk across on dry ground. There's so many uh, miracles right there just in the fact that God did that. And so they walk across on, on dry land. They get to the other shore. Now praise God for what God has done. He had made a way with the enemy pursuing but the enemy attempted to pass through the same way that God's people passed through. Uh, God's people passed through and parted through that Red Sea. And now the, 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 Pharaoh, uh, the armies of Pharaoh are pursuing them. And they attempted to cross the same way that God's people had crossed. And you know the story. The same power that pushed back uh, the, the, the waters of the Red Sea, then released the waters of that great, uh, great, great sea and drowned and destroyed the armies of Pharaoh. God had granted a great victory. God had made a way for His people, and in the process of making that way, He had also destroyed their enemy." He destroyed those which had kept them in bondage. He destroyed that which was the obstacle to their freedom, to their liberty. He made a way, and He took care of the enemy all at the same time. And what a wonderful picture we see here. And I'm reminded, and we must look at verse 30 and 31 of chapter 14 before we move to chapter 15. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day, out of the hand of the Egyptians. What a mighty day in, in the life of God's people. What a wonderful day in the life of the children of Israel. God had saved Israel. But let's keep reading. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. This is not something they read about. This is not something they heard. This is something they saw with their own eyes. God defeating God destroying the enemy. Verse 31, Israel saw the great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. Think about this with me for just a moment. Try the best you can to put yourself in that crowd that day. Uh, We have been, uh, the people have been in in bondage. They have been slaves. They've witnessed many things with the plagues. Now they are leaving Egypt and Maybe it's a time they never thought would come. They never believed it would happen. But they got word on that day, we're leaving. Gather everything you have and let's go. They leave and they begin to, to, to head. And in their mind, they don't really know where. They're just following uh, the man that God has given them as a leader. And, and they're going where, wherever he takes them and wherever God is leading them. They're just happy to be out of, out of bondage. But then they begin to wonder, how, how, how is a way going to be made? It is not long before they realize the armies of Pharaoh are pursuing them. Now these people they were not warriors. God would have them win many battles in the days ahead, but they weren't warriors. They were slaves. They were had fear of the army capturing them. Now we've been brought out of Egypt just to be destroyed. They come upon the Red Sea and what are we going to do? How are we going to cross the Red Sea? How are we going to get to the other side? The army is behind us the sea is ahead of us perhaps the fear welled up in them and if we had been there that day think about how you might have thought we have the perspective of reading the scripture after things have already happened but if you were there in that day the emotion and and just the, the going from back and forth and just from now we've left here and now we're here and now here's this great sea and could you imagine witnessing God push those waters back If you didn't see it, you wouldn't believe it. It was probably so surreal in that moment to see God push back those waters and then they begin to walk across on dry ground. Could you imagine what that must have been like? They get to the other side and thank the Lord they get to the other side but the chariots are in in quick pursuit. And now they've made it to the other shore but now they could see the enemy pursuing and the emotion that still must have been inside of them and this surreal moment if you will and seeing all that has taken place and then as they had watched those waters push back now the waters came crashing down and the enemy is drowned. It is having experienced all of that we find in our text, verses 1 and 2 in chapter 15. As the emotions of the circumstances begin to catch up with them, as their realization of what they had actually seen begin to settle in their hearts and minds, and then we're reminded at the end of chapter 14 that they actually saw the bodies of the Egyptians washing up on the shore... And there's visual confirmation that God has destroyed our enemy. God not only brought us out of bondage, He not only performed a miracle and had us cross the Red Sea, but in the process, He destroyed our enemy. We would never be in bondage to the Egyptians again. We could not go back and be their slave because there'd be nobody to be our master. But in this one moment, God had done all of those things. And it began to settle in and become real to them. Then we find in verse number 1, our text, our phrase, I will sing unto the Lord, for He hath triumphed gloriously. See, what had taken place leading up, ending in chapter number 14, we find the result in their lives in chapter 15. They just begin to praise God and sing unto the Lord. They begin to begin to be overwhelmed with their emotions and and the realization of what God has done. We're never going to be slaves again. Our enemy has been defeated once and for all. We are free. We are liberated. Look what God has done for us. Can you imagine when they were in bondage, the dreams they must have had, one day we'll be free. Well, maybe, maybe as they toiled and, 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 and those taskmasters uh, beat them and, and pushed them and prodded them and mistreated them, maybe they thought maybe my grandchildren will be free. Maybe by then we can have freedom then or or maybe a generation after that, maybe before I die that we'll get to experience some freedom but now God had freed them and God had done many miracles and God had parted the Red Sea and in the process destroyed the armies of Pharaoh. Now they knew they would never go back to Egypt. Now they knew they had been freed. They had been liberated. Look what God has done and what happened? They begin to praise God. They begin to sing praises unto Him. They just couldn't help it! You say, well, pastor, we think they just broke up there. I think there was a, a choir of all that great nation. They just all began to shout and praise God. I don't think it was orchestrated. I don't think Moses said, okay, now th- this time you praise over here and then you praise over here. I believe they just got so overwhelmed with the greatness of God and what they had seen and they knew they were free. They knew they were liberated. They knew they would never go back to being a slave. The enemy had been destroyed and the result of that was their singing praises unto God. Say well pastor if I had witnessed that that I would have something to sing about. Oh if I had witnessed the the, the deliverance from Egypt if I had been in that crowd that day and knowing the armies of Pharaoh were pursuing us and And the Red Sea was in front of us and we went from that moment of despair with no hope, no way to escape. The enemy pursuing us at any moment is going to overtake us. And if I had been there and had felt that despair and then witnessed God parting those waters. And then if I had been and I had walked across on that dry ground myself and made it to the other side only to turn around and see the armies of Pharaoh pursuing, then that moment of hope went to despair once again. If I had been there and then seen the waters come crashing down, if I had seen with my own eyes how God had destroyed our very oppressors, I think I would have broke out in song too. I think I would have rejoiced too if only I had ever experienced something like that. When I think of the words, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. Obviously, we see God's people rejoicing because God had given a great victory. God had triumphed. Oh, we see here that they begin to praise God. God, look at what you have done. God, You have delivered us when we could not deliver ourselves. Uh, God, You have destroyed the enemy that we could not destroy. And what a great God. And he, has, he has triumphed gloriously. When I think of those words, for He had triumphed gloriously, I can't help but think about the Lord Jesus Christ. And how man was in the bondage, the slavery to sin. We could hope that we could escape and we could hope that we could have deliverance and yet when it seemed like we had no hope and it seemed like we had no way to deliver ourselves and the obstacles ahead of us were too great to pass and and the enemy was in great pursuit and determined to never let us get away, God stepped in and the Lord Jesus went to the cross of Calvary And he took upon him the sin of all mankind. The sin that kept man in bondage. The sin that kept man in slavery. Jesus went to the cross to pay our debt. He took upon him the sins of the world. And the scripture tells us that he gave up the ghost. Man did not take his life. Because man could not take his life. Jesus willingly gave his life to pay our sin debt. He was taken off of the cross of Calvary and placed in a tomb. And for three days, the stone sealed the tomb. In that three days' time, He wasn't just resting and relaxing. He was suffering death and hell for all mankind. And He was paying for your hell and my hell. And Aren't you thankful? In that third day, he came forth, and tr- he, he triumphed gloriously. It was not just a little victory, but it was a triumph of the most glorious kind when Jesus came forth from the grave holding the keys of death and hell. He had conquered that which had enslaved you. He had conquered that which had enslaved me. And He didn't do it in a mild manner way. He did it as only the Son of God could in a glorious manner. Well, if I'd only seen God... Something like part of the Red Sea, I might get excited once in a while. If I had only seen a glorious triumph as the children of Israel had seen that day, if I could have got a little excited. I could have praised God. Can you imagine? They remembered every stripe they ever took as they were beaten by, by, by those Egyptians. They remember what it was like to be a slave and in bondage and to think they had no hope and no future. And now God had stepped in. And He didn't just delay judgment. He had triumphed gloriously. They were victorious. They were free. Never to be in bondage to the Egyptians again. If I was there, I could have rejoiced with them. But friend, we have been delivered from much greater than that. We have sin that has enslaved us and would take us to a devil's hell. But the Lord Jesus Christ triumphed gloriously. And we don't have to look back and say, I hope I can get to heaven. I hope I have forgiveness. I hope Calvary was enough. Oh no, we know the glorious triumph of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you put your faith and trust in His finished work on Calvary, you're saved on your way to heaven. You can know it and be sure about it. And you don't have to wonder about your eternity because of the glorious triumph of Christ. It's no wonder that they begin to praise God. How about you, Christian? Why is it so hard for Christians to just give God honor and praise? Well, if I had seen a miracle. Are you saved this morning? There's not a greater miracle than that, than your salvation. You being saved and sanctified and, and safe in the hand of an almighty God. It's a salvation that was given to us by the grace and the love and the mercy of God. If you can't get excited about that, you probably need to check your salvation. And that's why people get away from God. Why do people fall out of church? First, they fall out of love of their salvation. They forget that they've been saved. They forget what they've been saved out of. Friend, don't ever get over your salvation. Just as Israel watched God destroy the Egyptians and lead them to deliverance, you and I ought to reflect on what God has done and give praise to Him. We like to complain to God, don't we? We like to point out when life has not been fair. We like to go to God with our requests, and there's certainly nothing wrong with that. But how about just getting so overwhelmed with what God has done for you that you've just got to give Him some praise? You've just got to say, Glory to God. When's the last time, friend, that you just had a, had, had, you were so overwhelmed with the goodness of God that it just started deep down in your soul and you got so full thinking about how good God has been to you, how you deserve to go to hell, but you'll never see a moment. You'll never be there for a second because God has saved you in His love and His mercy. It's not something you deserve, it is that unmerited favor. And on top of that, God Himself, Jesus Christ Himself, Went in your stead and paid your sin debt because he loved you that much. If that doesn't overwhelm you, uh, you, you I can't help you this morning. But every once in a while, we got to stand on that shore looking back and say, Look at what God has done in my life. Look at what God has done for me. Say, well, it's just not my personality pastor it's not my personality either but sometimes it just wells up inside of me and I just can't help myself to think about what God has done for me We want to praise God for our salvation are you saved this morning we got to be excited about that I'm saved I'm on my way to heaven Nothing that takes place down here can change that. And as bad as it can get down here, it's temporal. It's but a vapor. It's but for a short time. And for all of eternity, guess what we're going to do? We're going to sing praises to God. We're going to honor and glorify Him. So we ought to stand on the shore this morning and give praise for our salvation. Not only our salvation, but we ought to give praise for our restoration. Every one of us has been away from God at some time. When our relationship with him has not been what it should be. Our fellowship is not what it should have been. Aren't you glad that God just says, come on back. Let me restore that fellowship. Well, we ought to praise God for that. We ought to praise God for our salvation. But we ought to praise God for our restoration. That when we pray... He's pursuing us. so that When we stray, He's pursuing us to come back to Him and to fellowship with Him and to be in fellowship with Him. Isn't it wonderful to fellowship with God? How unworthy to even fellowship with a holy and a righteous God. Not only our salvation, our restoration, but we ought to rejoice and praise God over the miracles that He's done in our life. Every one of us can rejoice in the miracles that he's done. There are so many things that God has done, that unseen hand of God has done in each one of our lives that we'll never know this side of eternity. Even things we're not aware of. But there's enough that we are aware of that you can look back now and you can see how God worked here and how God worked here and how God worked here and and how God worked in our own life to get us to where we are. And we look back now and say, I didn't know what God was doing then, but I know that he did a miracle in my life. Well, that would be overwhelming sometimes, that the God of heaven, not only would send his son to die on the cross to pay for our sins, that's enough to get excited about. That's enough to be overwhelmed about. But the fact that he wants to fellowship with us, and when we stray, he loves us enough to reach out to us so that we can be in a fellowship with Him. But then He's constantly working in our life and performing miracles. I think that the God of the heavens has done miracles for me. Boy, we ought to praise Him for that. Before we continue in the message, I must just remind all of us this morning, if you're facing something today that just seems that you can't ever get through it, you'll never see a victory. Let me remind you of the God who parted the Red Sea. In that last hour when the enemy was pursuing and there was no place to go, you say... Well, there's this is how we would approach it. Well, there's no way to get through that. I wonder if that passed through the minds of those uh, Israelites that day. I'm certain it did. Where are we going to go? What are we going to do? And God said, hey, "That red sees nothing. Let me just move it out of the way. You just keep going in the direction I've sent you, friend. No matter what you face today, you have a God who is greater. You have a God who is bigger. Just be reminded that if He can save you, He can deliver you. If He can deliver you from from hell, he can deliver you from the hardships of this world. We have a God who is greater than anything we face. Let me make four statements to you this morning concerning the pra- singing praises unto God. First of all, number one, let me say praises for everyone. Verse number one we see, then saying Ma- Moses and the children of Israel. Everybody participated in praising God. Because everybody realized the miracle that God had done. This morning, it doesn't matter what your personality is. It doesn't matter what your age is. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. Praise is for everyone. Well, I'm like you. I enjoy our church. I enjoy the spirit of our church. I think we would all say that there's been times when a song that was sung was exactly the song that we needed. And it wasn't a rock band that got us going, but it was the sweet song singing praises unto God that just soothed our soul when we needed it the most. Something happens on the inside and you may not stand and shout, you may not even raise a hand, you may just whisper an amen, it may be a tear that rolls down the cheek, but God is doing something inside of you and you say, oh, give honor to God, give praise to God say, well, it's not my personality to do that. It's for everybody. We've got to thank on your salvation. You've got to thank on what God has done for you. Praise is for everyone. Number two, second statement I make is this. Praise is on purpose. Look at verse number two of chapter 15. The Lord is my strength and song, and He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him in habitation. My father's God, and I will exalt him. There's sometimes, like I just described, that you just can't help it. That's the exact song that I needed. Sometimes I'll be up here preaching, and you'll actually be paying attention, and you'll be you'll just get blessed. The word of God is not does not return void. Sometimes it's it's. Well, that's good, I'll file it away, that's, that's, that's right, Pastor, I'm sure I needed to hear that. But there's sometimes when you're in the valley, you don't know how you're going to get through it, and it's the exact message God sent for you, and you begin to get a little, you feel it on the inside, and, and the Holy Spirit is doing a work in your heart and your soul, and it just overflows a little bit, and you say, that's exactly what I needed, I just want to give God the honor and praise, and I want to give God glory for that. But not every time is like that time. Not every time we're in tune with God like we should be when the song is being sung. Many times we're distracted when the message is being preached. So you know what we must do? We must praise God on purpose. So how do we do that? I believe that you ought to take time to reflect and realize what He hath done. Well, if you just dwell... On what you are, and who God is, and what He's done for you. Boy, if that don't lead you to start praising Him, uh, you may want to check to make sure that you're actually saved, that you're actually in fellowship with Him. Because think about what God has done. I often give the advice when someone is heavy hearted and they have a heavy burden and they don't know how to get through it. I'll say, go out find you a place, go to a park, go somewhere, maybe in your own house, where there's nobody around, and you just verbally and audibly just pour your heart out to God. Just tell Him how you feel, tell Him what you're dealing with, tell Him your fears, Tell just audibly, out loud, so that, that you're talking to Him, just pour your heart out to Him, and just that heavy heart that you have, that burden, just pour it out to God and talk to God about it. I think that's good advice. But I think I could give advice on the heels of that that we all had had some times. There'll be some times in church services like this when we'll get blessed and and, and God, God, God will do something in our heart and we'll say, Praise be to God. And sometimes God will do something throughout the week and be like, I've just got to stop and praise God for what He has done. I can tell you there have been things I've been praying for, and God, you've got to do a miracle. God, you've got to intercede. And then when God does a great work, whether it's in my own life or in the life of one of you, one of you I can tell you there's been times when, I, when I've when i run up and down hospital hallways, when I've gone out in the parking lots and shouted and praised God, but every time it's not like that. So we have to find a time where we just say just for no reason other than what I am and what He's done I'm just going to think about what God's done for me. I'm just going to think about the goodness of God. God I just want to tell you how great you are. I just want to tell you that I think, I'm i thankful That you saved me. And how unworthy I am. If I didn't deserve the Lord Jesus Christ. I just want to sing praises unto you for just a moment in your glorious triumph. Boy, sometimes it's public, but sometimes it's private. I think we ought to schedule our time with God. Now there are times that I don't have prayer time scheduled, but I pray. When I feel the need to pray, I don't say, well, my schedule says not to pray now. My schedule says, no, no, I I take time to pray. But I think you've got to have scheduled time to pray. I think you've got to schedule the time you're going to read the Word of God, although there's certainly times that you'll open the Word of God when it's not scheduled. Because, you know, our flesh is our flesh. and uh, The old saying has been said, what gets scheduled gets done. And so we want to make sure our time with God gets to priority and schedule. At the same token, I think we've got to schedule time to just reflect and praise God for who He is. Well, I've got a list, like I'm sure you do, of things I talk to God about, and things I ask God for in my own life and the life of, of many of you. And, and I, want to, but I, want to start, I want to start the day with saying, God, I just want to talk about you for a moment. Before I talk about me, before I talk about the needs of somebody else, I want to talk about you. And I want to reflect on what you've done in my life. I want to think about what you've done for me. The fact that I can even enter into my prayer closet is just a sign and a symbol of the fact that I come on behalf of the... Jesus Christ is speaking on my behalf because I have His account applied to me. His blood has covered my sins. Only you could do that, God. We've got to be something that's planned and done on purpose. The third statement is this. We've got to praise Him for who He is. Look at verse number 11 of chapter 15. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? This is a sermon in itself. I'll go ahead and give you a short version of it. I don't understand why a Christian would serve the gods of this world. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Friend, there's nobody like our God. Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Thou stretched out thy right hand, the earth swallowed them. Well, we ought to praise Him for just who He is. Well, Pastor, there's not much good going on in my life right now. Hey, praise isn't about you. Praise is about Him. Isn't it wonderful when God does a miracle? It's easy to praise God for that. But sometimes, God doesn't do things in the way that we think they ought to be done. Is He less worthy of our praise? Sometimes we beg and we plead and we long for something for God and God in His wisdom and His providence, He does not give us the thing that we ask for. He has another work that He wants to do. Is He not still worthy to be praised? Because of who He is. Boy, I I can think in in, in, in my own life, and in the life of my daughter Amanda, as we prayed for God to heal her and prayed for God to heal her, and and He did not heal her in the way that we wanted to heal her. God was no less worthy of praise at that moment than the moment before she took her last breath. In, In so many ways... He was more worthy of praise because uh, there is an eternity, there is another shore, there is an eternal healing. Is God not worthy to be praised even when we don't understand? Because who is like unto Him? What a praising for who He is! Who is He? He's a powerful living being. He's not chance, like the atheists would say. He's living. Our God is alive. Well, He's not only powerful and living, He's holy and perfect. Our God is a holy God. He's a perfect God. See, Pastor, why is it important to remind us of that? We know that because in those circumstances, when we don't understand, we got to remember God is a perfect God. God makes no mistakes. Everything that is done by His hand is done at a perfection. Out of holiness, we must be reminded of that. Boy, I love this. We ought to praise Him because He's a personal God. I'm so thankful today. I, I can say He's the God of the Israelites. But I can say with the same assurance, He's my God. Boy, I'm thankful that and I'll preach a little bit older tonight. i plan on preaching on tonight. I'm thankful I can say uh, my, my, he's my my father's God. But greater than that, I'm thankful I can say he's my God. And He's a personal God. And friend, don't you forget that in your darkest of times, He's still your God. He is still sovereign. He is still in control. He is still worthy to be praised. When He performs the miracle, let's give praise to Him. Let's give honor to Him. But we don't understand how we're going to get through the day, get through the week, get through the hour. He is still worthy of our praise. If you can't praise because of your circumstances, Just praise Him because of who He is. Praise Him because He's perfect. Praise Him because He's holy. Praise Him because He's personal. And in those valleys, you know He's there. You're aware of Him being there because He's a personal God. We ought to praise Him because He is a compassionate God. We need no further proof of His compassion than the Lord Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world... I get overwhelmed at the thought that Jesus would die for me. that ever overwhelm you? I get overwhelmed by that. But something that I, just, I cannot reconcile in my mind other than the love of God, that God knows who will and who will not choose Him. Now, He doesn't decide who will and will not choose Him. But he knows. And Jesus was still willing to die for those that would curse his name to their own grave. That's a loving God that he would save us. He's a compassionate God. He's a God that likes to communicate with us. This is revealed in the Holy Spirit. Well, you face... Trials, sometimes the death of a loved one. You say, Oh, that was such a tragedy. What's going to get them through it? The comfort of the Holy Spirit. Well, there's a there's some just certain people in your life you go through a hard time, their presence is just comforting. There's situations, friend, that nobody can comfort you like the Holy Spirit can comfort you and say it's going to be okay. Well, aren't you thankful when you're drifting away from God? That same Holy Spirit whispers to you and says, Stop. He troubles you. Aren't you thankful? And if we're wise, it'll get our attention. And we'll get closer to God than we are. Aren't you glad that when you're reading the Word of God that the Holy Spirit of God gives you understanding of what you're reading so they can benefit to you? If you can't praise God in your circumstances right now, you can praise God because of who He is. And then fourthly, and I'm out of time, I would say praise Him for His mercy. Look at verse number 13 of chapter 15. Thou and thy mercy has led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. The children of Israel, how'd they get out of bondage? Well, God delivered them. Why did God deliver them? In His mercy. That was part of their praise. That is part of their celebration. That is part of their honoring and giving glory to God. Oh, they realized it was in His mercy that He delivered us. It was in His mercy that He led His redeemed. Friend, let's never get away from the fact that it's just the mercy of God that He would even save us. It's the, yes, by the grace of God we're saved, but it's because of the mercy of God that He allowed us to hear a clear presentation of the gospel. He allowed us to have the opportunity to trust Him. It was in His mercy that He would even send His Son to die and pay for our hell. We deserve to pay for our own sin debt. We deserve hell, but it's His mercy. Friend, praise God for His mercy. How many times we pray for lost loved ones and only to see them get saved later in life? Why is that? It's His mercy. It's His mercy. Boy, praise God for His mercy. With thou and thy mercy has led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Are you redeemed this morning? How many of you are saved this morning on your way to heaven? You didn't earn that you didn't deserve that you didn't buy that let me tell you what you did deserve you did deserve to pay for your sins in hell for all of eternity well how can we say and i can i can tell you with with, 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 with as much confidence as I possibly could, could, could portray, that I know if my heart stopped beating right here, right now, I'd spend an eternity with Him for, 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 forever. I know that I'm saved. I know that I'm secure. If you're saved this morning, you can have that confidence and assurance. It's not because of anything you've done. It's because of His mercy. Praise God for His mercy. Praise God for His leading. Friend, this morning I hope you're getting the idea that it should be a natural thing for us to look to our God and reflect on what He has done for us. It shouldn't take very long. We start thinking about God saving us. What He saved us from well I was saved when I was young I wasn't really saved out of out of much of anything oh well you just think of the fact what separates you from being born in that Christian home that somebody on the other side of the planet who's never heard a clear presentation of the gospel you just dwell on that for a little bit and that, that ought to do something in your heart do something in your life the fact that he allowed you to be saved at, at an age where you could avoid a lot of the hardships of this world you just think of what God saved you out of and you just think for a little bit about what God has done in your your own life and yet after he saves you he continues to lead you and to guide you and to clean your life up and allow you to serve him and some of you would give testimony this morning and say I'm doing things for God that I never dreamed that I would have been able to do for God. Yeah, If you had told me ten years ago that I was doing what I'm doing right now for God I would have said you're crazy I would have laughed at you there's no way I would have believed it but look at what God has done in my life if you can't think on that You see, Pastor, I if I dwell on that, it takes me a little while. Will you just keep dwelling on it? How long should I schedule this praise? Until you start praising him. Sometimes it'll take you a little longer than others. But you just think about God. You think about who he is, think about what he's done. Can you imagine standing on that shore that day? Having seen, you talk about sensory overload. You talk about emotionally exhausted. To think you're gonna die, you have hope you're gonna die. And then to see, and and then just to see the waters go back, what in the world am I even seeing? And then everybody starts walking. It's like, well, I guess I better go with them. And you get to the other side and you see that those chariots rolling. And then God, as quick as He parted it, lets the waters loose. You have that great nation now standing on the shore watching. I wonder who started it first. Who just all of a sudden It clicked in, and they realized what this meant. And the only response they had was to sing a song unto their God. Why? Because they realized he had triumphed gloriously. Friend, if you're discouraged this morning, say, Pastor, what's your advice to me? is to focus on how God has triumphed gloriously. Well, that's not going to change my circumstance, but it'll change your outlook. Well, Pastor, there's, there's some things that I wish I could go back and change, but I can't. What should I do? Focus on the fact that you got a God who saves you. Focus on the fact that you have a God who, who brings you back into fellowship and gives you a new opportunity to serve Him and a new opportunity to move forward. And, and we got to focus on the fact that God loves us enough that He would save us. Well, let's just rejoice and praise Him for what He has done. Father, I pray this morning.